Stacey Gale, a novella from the world of the House of Pain. I'm what you call a good girl, though boring girl might be more accurate. Serena Daniels works as a pediatric nurse, and she's not exactly knee-deep in eligible bachelors. The last time she asked a man out, he stood her up, then didn't bother to contact her for weeks. Clearly, she isn't the only one who thinks she's boring. Just how bad could this good girl get? Life is a string of crazy messes and brilliant moments for real estate mogul Lorenzo Salvatore, and he never knows which one he's going to get next. On the one hand, he's got a traumatized son who is his whole world. On the other, he's got the smart mouth nurse he stood up. Getting back into Serena's good graces will be tough, but with those bedroom eyes and killer legs becoming the center of his fantasies, he won't stop until he gets her right where he wants her, in bed. The bad and the good. Getting together with Lorenzo would definitely liven up Serena's life, but Lorenzo's made it clear that he and his son are a package deal. When it seems that Lorenzo wants is a new mother for his boy, will Serena be willing to settle for that when her heart wants so much more? This novel is a standalone romance featuring characters first introduced in House of Pain, Sage. While an ex-wife is mentioned, there are no love triangles, no cheating, and no cliffhangers. H.E.A. guaranteed. Due to adult language and sexual content, this novel is not intended for people under the age of 18. That's Good Girl by Stacey Gale. Go grab it now. Broken Hearts by Molly O'Keefe is live today. Ronan, his name thumbs through me like a heartbeat. I climbed out of the smoldering crater of my life only to find myself back in the middle of a slow-motion train wreck. I'm hunted, torn between my past and present, ripped apart by two warring families. My husband is dead and his killer is the only man who's ever felt the deep well of emotion I keep hidden from the world. Ronan. Vicious and scarred, his rough touch is seared into my skin, but his soft caresses are what break down my walls bit by bit until there's only me left. My soul in his bloody hands and my broken heart beating just for him. Only him. Ronan. My shadowy protector, my phantom lover, kiss me or kill me, I don't care. As long as you're the one who does it. That's Broken Heart by Molly O'Keefe. Live today. Go grab it. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hi. It's another week. Read me romance. <laughs> What's, oh, we got Sky Warren this week. We've done this yeah, one before. Yeah, that's right. We're replaying Heavy Equipment, which was one of my favorites from season one. It was, it's so dirty. It's so dirty. We're like, that. he's a construction worker. She's this little innocent girl. <laughs> he needs payment. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but we'd had it put in five parts before from the beginning of the podcast and we pulled it back together and put it into two parts now so it's easier for you guys to listen to so we're excited to have sky with us this week we'll talk about her in just a little bit and what she's got coming up so tell me how was your trip you went on a trip this weekend i didn't even know i text you on like thursday or friday i was like something you're like well i'm at the airport i'm like what the fuck are you with you 
awkward. <laughs> I guess I didn't. I just thought you knew because I put it on the calendar, but I guess the calendar isn't like shared or something. I don't know. Because I never put anything on there, on there, but I put yeah. it on there and I was like, oh, I thought you knew. <laughs> I mean, you knew like, I was nope. going to go at yeah, some point. Yeah. Just not I just when. didn't know when. Well, yeah. I, I almost didn't make it to Jersey. <laughs> Oh, God. That's right. What happened? It was like your driver's license or something? Uh, well, at first I get I get up and I'm about to walk up the door. I grab my luggage and the handle breaks. Motherfucker. <laughs> so I throw everything over into like my husband's luggage for me to take. And then mm-hmm. I get to the airport. I get out and Peyton is following me. So I'm taking my son with me and he drops his handle and it shatters. I'm like, oh, my God. And then we go to get into security line, and I pull out my ID and stuff to hand over, and I grab the wrong ID. I grab my old one that's got a void stamp through it. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> so I could call my husband, and he was like 15 minutes away, and come back, and luckily it was in my center console for him oh, to bring it back. Jesus. So he gets it back, I get through security, and then I realize I have Peyton, so I have to go through a different line. Uh-huh. For security that I'm not used to. And they were like, your pockets. You got to empty them out when you go through the other way. So I jumped yeah. it all in a bowl. And then I forgot about the bowl. <laughs> which oh had my, my tickets and ID. And I had to run back to that. <laughs> and I, we finally get to the gate. And I sat down. But we only had like five minutes at the gate at this point. I was like, I don't even think I should do this. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know what? You're not used to it. You have, probably haven't done it. In, well, you did it recently. But... With the kid and stuff, it's so different. And it's almost like one thing gets you flustered, and then it's like an avalanche after that. Yeah. But we finally got there, and it was nice just to mm-hmm. hang around and not really do much. Yeah, just sort of like your last trip where you just went in. <laughs> Although, you did send me lots of food pictures. So tell me about this cheese hell you went to. Oh, God, this was the best grilled cheese. It's in Princeton, <laughs> New Jersey. And their main thing is cheese. And I went back twice. Even before I went and got on the airplane, I had to come home. I was like, let's go grab that grilled cheese. They just had a million types of grilled cheese. And one of the one I got was um, caramelized onions with like two different cheeses. And it had slices of apple, like very thin slices, which I know green apple and yeah, cheese can yeah. be very good together. I know mm-hmm. it sounds weird, but if you try it, if you're a cheese yeah. person. It's actually yeah. a great fit. So I was like, I'm going to try that. And it was yeah. really great. It does sound good. What kind of cheese did you put on it? I don't It was like some kind of cheddar, traditional cheese. But it was Uh-oh. cheesy. Their tomato soup I'm, wasn't great. No. Uh, well, but I, I don't fault try them. That cheese, though. With the apple on it, I would have tried it. You did what? I said I don't fault them for their tomato soup sucking. But yeah, it's all cheese. Because they had such good grilled cheeses. Did <coughs> Excuse me. Did you get any new Pokemons? Not new. No, nothing's out. Well, that sucks because doesn't Jersey usually have like really good ones for you? Like when no, you go, not don't so you much usually anymore. get like nice ones? Usually everything is like we've gotten to experience everything even once mm. in different countries. So there wasn't great raids going on. It was kind well, of cool. shit. Yeah. Well, what else did you do? Did you do anything besides go to the grilled cheese place? We had tea. Oh, nice. So. They like we had tea, which was just okay, but the whole experience was them bringing out all. Was the, it like, like a fancy tea? Uh, well, everybody else was fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Some people were fancy, <laughs> but, we, but we got to sit outside and it was like a really nice day. But they just brought out like all these finger foods to try, which were all great. Mm-hmm. It was a little overpriced for what you got, 
and we were sitting there and trying them. Like everything was good, but there was a bunch of little girls having tea, and they got theirs, and theirs got like little girl cheese sandwiches and peanut butter and jelly. I was like, I want an adult and a child's tray. Yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> there is nothing better than a good PB and J. And then we went. We actually went to the movies because you could rent private screening rooms. Ooh, so you could have these small uh, theaters all to yourself. So you didn't Holy have to wear shit. masks and stuff. So that That's was nice. So, cool. so it was like I we sat down. I was like, I don't. I'm not a big movie watcher, so I yeah. sat like behind everyone and played on my phone. Uh huh. But it was nice to have the whole theater to be able to do what you want. But I haven't been in a theater in I can't even remember. I know, right? <laughs> well, like we go to the movies pretty regularly, but I mean it's it's been over a year. Yeah. I mean, just because there wasn't even new releases, you know, right before the pandemic, there all everything was scheduled for summer and so stuff kept getting pushed back and back. And now, you know, like production studios were shut down for so long, they don't have, you know, new movies to release yet, like big blockbusters. You know, some are still waiting. It was a kid's we, movie, something about a dragon. Oh, was it Raya? I think so. It and was dragon, really yeah. cute. It had a great um, circle around, like a great lesson to be learned. Yep. That, we watched that one. It was on Disney, but it's like the, it's, I think it's like Ryan the Last Dragon. Is that where they like show. go like the little thing above their head? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. It's got a great message. And I love the, all the girl leads now. I think that's great. And the fact that this story, this whole movie was done with Asian actors, which oh. was like really awesome. Yeah. Everyone that was cast, there was one white person and it was cast as Tuck Tuck. So he didn't have a speaking part. He just made noises. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, um, Aquafina played the girl, the main girl. I can't remember her name. Well, Raya, yeah. I can't remember who else played them, but she was fantastic. No, Raya played the dragon. I'm so, or sorry, Aquafina played the dragon. Sorry. I can't remember the name of the girl that played Raya, but it was it was really fun to watch. I cried at the end of it. Like it's it was so good. It I was. loved it. It was it's, sweet. It's beautiful. I kept, like, like I was trying to, like, read at one point, and then I kept uh-huh. looking up and watching. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, this movie's decent. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what it's like going to a theater now. Wow, I was just crazy. excited to get the food, the popcorn and the nachos. <laughs> and the, I got, that like, so much crap. nachos. <laughs> Did you, was it one of the nice movie theaters that has dinner and stuff? Yeah, you could get like, well, not like dinner, dinner. It was just mm-hmm. like chicken fingers, curly fries. Mm-hmm. But I was just there for nachos. I like to take nachos and put cheese on it and then sprinkle popcorn on top of it. Oh, and gross. eat it like that. That's disgusting. No, thank <laughs> you. There's a place near, or it's about 45 minutes from here in Matthews. They, um, it's a dine-in movie theater, and you can get, like, whole meals. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, pizzas and, like, really nice, like, flatbreads, and then they do, like, brisket sandwiches, and you can go up there and have your whole dinner in front of the movie. It's really nice. Yeah. But um, it's funny you say that. My daughter actually asked today. We were riding by, and she was like, can we go to the movies? And I was like, no. <laughs> you crazy? <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess we can eventually, but there's nothing playing. So... I don't know. I saw a bunch of movie theaters close. Like, they just weren't able to make it during the pandemic and stuff. I and I was like, oh, that's so sad. I'm, I it did see something, like, from our governor today. They said once two-thirds of the state is vaccinated, that they'll, list the mass, they'll lift the mass mandate. Are you going to be able to get two-thirds vaccinated? I don't know. I guess so. I mean, he seems to think it's going to happen by June 1st. Oh, awesome. I didn't even think if everybody could have one, you could get two-thirds, because some people just don't want it. 
Yeah, no, that's what I thought too. But they said like if, if at least two thirds gets one shot, nice. that's all they want. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's roll some dice. I'm going to go to the movies, get my eat on. What did you do this weekend? I watched my driveway concrete dry. <laughs> We've been doing that. Uh, so, you know, I my house is a never-ending construction project, I think. You know, we've had the outside that looks like shit. So <laughs> there's just no nice way to say it. When they did the construction inside the house, like we, they had to pull in dump trucks and trailers, and they just tore the yard to shit. And they, instead of like a pad of concrete, like when you pull into a driveway... There was like two strips and there were chunks of it missing and broken up and all this shit. So we just sort of left it until then. And so a year ago, we had somebody come out and say, yeah, we can do it in a month. And then they two-weeked us like, oh, I'll be there in two weeks. I'll be there in two weeks for like six months. And then so we got like three other people to try to come out. And then they were like, oh, I can do it this time. And then it was like nobody could come. And finally, we had this guy that said, I'll be there after Thanksgiving. We're like, okay. Thanksgiving rolls around, and he's like, oh, it's too cold. It's too rainy. Can't do it when it's freezing. But we'll have to do it in the spring. <laughs> so uh, it was March, was it, over a year ago that we had someone come out. So finally, we had somebody come uh, this past week, and they tore up the back back half of our house and put down concrete. And it was like... Like, we couldn't believe it. We, the other night, we just sat out there in chairs. We just sat <laughs> on the concrete. We were like, this is great. Like, it was just so nice not to be in, like, a mud pit, you yeah. know? Like, it looks really like, good already. Yeah, yeah. It looks so much better. So, um, so we did that. And, like, it was super nice, like, just, just seeing the changes. And they're working on it this week. They were actually, like, right outside my office today when I was having a video. I had a Zoom meeting earlier today. I'll tell you about that. But... They were standing out there, and then all of a sudden, like, the truck went off, and I'm, like, on the Zoomy, I'm like, yeah, I want to be real slutty. (laughs) (laughs) They're all standing outside my room, and I'm like, oh, fuck, they probably heard that. That's amazing. So, so, uh, I sent it to you, but, um, so, there is a place in Atlanta, it's called Own Boudoir, O-W-N. There, I started following them because we have a reader that works for them. She works in their office and, um, she actually has a pic. She sent me the picture today. She, when she found out I booked a session with them, she was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Alexa Raleigh's going to be like, And she sent a picture of me and you and her when we were in Copa mm-hmm. like two years ago. I think that was the last signing we went to. Damn. And I was like, Holy shit. Like this is, I remember her. So anyways, so I, but I, st- I started following them a long time before that because she posted up pictures from the boudoir sessions, boudoir on the own boudoir, they take sexy pictures. And when I say just sexy, they're, they're not like just, oh, here's like your turn to the side, no. like your pose. No, these are fucking hot ass pictures. Like I have never seen sexier pictures than these. Like I want all of these for like teasers, covers, like <laughs> this is legit. Like this is shit you would see. Like in a fucking movie or something. I don't know. It was hot. The one you sent today, I was like, holy shit. That's yeah, hot. it's so fucking hot. At my 40th birthday is in June, and she happened to post up, because she's booked out months in advance. Months. Like, you can't, I don't even think she has any open this summer right now, like, to get at one. And she said she had 
something came up and someone, maybe a vendor they were working with, um, had to move their blocked out dates to another time of year. So she had like three or four sessions open up and she was like, I'm posting it at 10 a.m. Eastern time. She was like, the calendar's open first come first serve. And I was like, holy shit, I'm going to, this is a sign. I'm going to fucking do it. And so I got one. It's from the end of May. It's May 21st. I go on a Friday at two o'clock, but I had to drive to Atlanta to do it. So. How long is the drive to Atlanta for you? It's not bad. It's like four or five hours. Oh, okay. No, it's not bad at all. So I think LB is going to meet me there. So she can't go in the photo. It's a, it's a, that's one thing I really like about it is that it's an entirely closed session. It's just you and the photographer beforehand. You get hair and makeup mm-hmm. and, and it's just complete with lashes. So I get some lashes on. <laughs> so uh, I know you like those lashes, but, um, yeah, so it's like I did a mini session and I think it's like two hours, two or three hours, and I think you get two looks. And um I already know that's not gonna be enough. That, like I, I was want, just like, thinking two, that in my head. I, I was like, that's not enough. I'm gonna need but she didn't have a full session. Okay. So all she had was like a couple of minis that opened up and the mini is like it's like five hundred dollars. Damn. For like I know, but these pictures are fantastic. And I was like, you know what? I want to look back because yeah. I've, this is probably the best I've ever felt in my, my skin my entire life. Like, I want to commemorate this. Like, fuck it. So anyway, so she sends a questionnaire and she's like, you know, fill this out. And she said, who do you think is your style icon or who you want to look like? And I said, I want Hunter McGrady to play me in a made for TV movie. <laughs> I said, but I want to be real slutty. <laughs> So, so that's what she joked about today. So before your session, it's awesome. She does a wardrobe consult where you send your size and sort of what you want. And she goes through all these different lingerie places and she picks out outfits for you. And on the Zoom meeting, she brings up the screen and she shows you everything she picks out. And she's like, okay, I'm going to send you the links and you buy whatever you want to buy. And tell me which ones you're bringing. Nice. And it was like, it was so nice. It made me so comfortable. So you, she said, you go in, like you get your hair and makeup done. And she was like, and then everybody leaves and it's just me and you in the studio. And she was like, you can do whatever you want. And I'm just like, I have a feeling I'm just going to walk in and just be like, foof, just go for it, you know? <laughs> I've seen some of the lingerie. I'm like, whoa. I'm, yeah. Well, one was like fourteen dollars, and I'm like, fourteen dollars is not holding up your tits. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I don't even know if it was fourteen dollars worth of material, so maybe the price is right. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's what I love is because she says, "What's your?" She puts on there, "What's your lingerie budget?" And I was like, I don't know, like like two hundred dollars. Like I don't know. Like I just put a number because I was like, just uh, tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. So I just put a number, and everything she gave me was like under thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, but she sent me like 15 links. I'm like, I'm buying all of this. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I talked to her about, she was on there. And she was like, so tell me about book covers. Because I had mentioned that to her. And so I told her, I said, you know, it is hard to find a curvy model in a stock image that's really pretty or nice or that the photo is a good quality. I said, that is hard to find that. And I said, and if you find a really pretty curvy model, a lot of times you can't get them agree, can't get them to agree to be on the cover of a dirty book, you know? And I think, you know, we've talked about this before on here, but 
for those who haven't heard, a lot of full-figured models, they have a hard time being taken seriously. They're usually fetishized or fetish. I don't know how to say the word. They're usually put into a fetish category. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll immediately be like labeled as like, you know, they either go in porn or, you know, they struggle to make it into like mainstream, you know, into everyday households. So it's like, it's such a fine line for a plus size model that wants to be taken seriously. So a lot of times, like when we reach out and we're like, hey, can we get this cover? We are, you know, and we'll even try to go through a photographer. And a lot of times they won't sell them, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like it's, it's tough it to get tough. one. Sometimes they won't take you. Yeah, they won't even, they're like, no, out the door. Yep. Or they don't yeah. respond at all. I think they mm-hmm. think we're like an old man sitting at home. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? And, like, uh, to Hunter McGrady's credit, you know, we had reached out to her a couple years ago. There was a photo that we really wanted to use of hers on the book cover. And we talked to her and the photographer. And she was like, I'm going to need to know about the book. I'm going to need to know the cover. Like, what's the content? And it to her credit, like, she really is about protecting her brand. You know, because she's like, I have struggled for years to be taken seriously as a model. Yeah. You know, as a size, like, 16, 18, you know, whatever she is now. But... You know, and I get that. That's that's really hard. You know, I wouldn't want to try to ruin someone's career by putting them on a book that's, you know, Trailer Park Virgin. <laughs> and I think this, if this uh, photographer got into this, she'd probably make a killing. I know. That's what, that's what we were talking about. So I was like, I was like, so this is what we're looking for. And this is, you know, I just said basically the same thing I just said now was, you know, explain that it's really hard to find good quality models with good quality photos. And I said, you sure as shit can't find them in Photoshop. So, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm just so I'm excited. excited. <laughs> I know, I am too. It's going to be fun. I want to see that. I'll definitely, I'll definitely share all the, the images. I may have to put something over this certain little places. little stickers, the happy but, face stickers. I know. Well, I get to buy pasties too. I'm excited about that. Like nipple covers. Like she sent me this link to the site that has nothing but pasties. And she was like, there's all kinds of fun stuff. You can get sequins, glitter. I was like, you're talking right to me. I love it. <laughs> but then I told my husband, I'm like, what am I going to do with these pictures? Like, I, I don't even know. Like, I'm excited to have you're them. You're going to be like, like 70, pulling them out to your grandkids. See, look how was. Look at my vagina. It was beautiful. <laughs> My grandma would do that. I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to be, look how great my tits were. They were still up. <laughs> and no fairness, your tits are great for how big they, they are. Aren't they though? I have great tits. You do. They were, I remember the first time I seen you naked, you were like walking around like, you had two babies, right? I didn't have a breath though. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> They're pretty awesome. But I said, um, I was, I told Kevin, I was like, I said, maybe we'll just hang him in our bedroom. He was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> He's like, what if people come over? I was like, then they see a picture of my vagina. I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> don't come in my room. <laughs> I know. But I also said, it was like, fuck that. I'm going to display these things. It'd be like, oh, the bathroom's down the hall to the left of my pussy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm definitely going to do have that. Have you ever, so. at my mom's house, almost 90% of her art, I should go over there and take a bunch of pictures and post them in the Read Me Romance group, is naked people. 
I think you told me that, but yes, you should definitely post like, it. One time Peyton walked in for my mom's room. He's like, oh, Mima! And she was like, that's me and your papa, even though it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tell people Yeah, that. they're all yeah, over. I don't even notice it sometimes. <laughs> I go downstairs, and when I start paying attention, I'm like, there is naked people all over the basement. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, though. I love that. My um my friend, uh, her mom passed away a couple of years ago, and I went down for the funeral, and we were hanging out in her bedroom, in her mom's bedroom. I look over, and I had forgotten her mother had a nude painting done of her, and it's like hanging in her bedroom. And the thing was, is like her ex husband painted it, and she hung it in the bedroom of her current husband. <laughs> And they were married for like 30 years. And she was like, fuck it. That's a good picture of me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> she didn't give a fuck that her ex-husband painted it like with her new hey, husband. Her pictures she are like, like rare. I would hang yeah. it too. <laughs> right? She's like, this is a painting. Simmer down. I look good. <laughs> you know? I just always thought that was like the funniest thing. So that's what I'm aspiring to. Is <laughs> just to have like a big old picture of my ass. So I think, I think something else that happened this week that was kind of interesting. My daughter started fencing on Monday. There was, she like casually mentioned something about like sword fighting. I don't know if like she saw it online or if she saw it in a show or something like that. She's like, oh, I wish I knew how to like fight with a sword. And I was like, well, you could probably take like a class on fencing. And she was like, what's that? And I was like. I don't really know, but I think you like have a sword and like you like you learn know. how to fight. Super rich people do. That's what I said too. I was like, I think it's like rich white people shit. Hold on, <laughs> let me let me Google this. But I found out crazily enough, there's a woman in Charlotte who teaches classes, and it's so fucking cheap. It's like ten bucks a lesson. Damn. And so I know. I was like, sign me the fuck up. It kind of sounds so fun. She, I know she does a beginner thing. It's five weeks and she supplies all the equipment. She was like, just come in sneakers and the t-shirt. I got you. I'm like, this all, I made her. She's like this old ass hippie. She's awesome. I was like, can I take a class? I was just thinking, this I was like, I think shit. it might be good exercise too. Yeah. So Lydia goes to her first session and get this shit. So we get there and like, I'd never been to this part of Charlotte before. And so I get in, it's like this warehouse. I'm like, this is sketchy. All right. So we get in, I drop Lydia off. The lady's cool as shit. And I'm like, well, wait around. I look around and there's like a brewery right beside it and like a restaurant on the other side. And there's a playground. And it's like, are you telling me I can sit out here, drink a beer? Hallie can play on the playground while Lydia fences. <laughs> I was like, hold up. This is working out better. You should advertise that on her website. (laughs) I was like, why is this not on your website? (laughs) So, yeah. So, it was just like, it actually was like such a cool experience. We had like dinner at this plate, this little like restaurant there made sandwiches. Like, it was awesome. So, it was a really cool experience. She got out of the lesson. She was like, I loved it. My kid never says that. Like, to get a, that was awesome from her is, like, going to Disney World. You know? Like, like that's what it would take to get that out of my kid. And she walked out. She was, that was awesome. I loved it. She's like, I can't wait to go back. I was like, hell yeah. So, anyways, if you're looking for some, for some new shit to try out, man, this was a fun one. Something I would have never thought of. All right. So, 
let's, I, I didn't realize how long we had been talking. <laughs> so yeah, so this week we have Sky Warren with Heavy Equipment. She's doing a giveaway this week, signed copy of Private Property. She says open internationally, so definitely enter to win that on um, social media, Facebook page. We love Sky. We've read so many of her books. I like, adore she's awesome. her. If you like Beauty and the Beast series, she has one. It's called, I'm pretty sure, Beauty and the Beast something. Uh-huh. But it's yeah. great. There's an audio to it. It's super sweet and extra dirty. And mm-hmm. if you like my Rex, you'll definitely like that one. Yeah, it's so good. She she loves a dark romance. Like, lots of twists and turns. We talked about her several times on the podcast and her books. Um, you can find her everywhere on social media. She's always so great about marketing. Like, she's got tons of stuff up. She's always doing a giveaway. Definitely always check her Facebook page out. Her group is really active, too. Like, yeah, she's all over the place. So, definitely go find her and read all of her stuff. So, this is, if you've never read Skywarm before, this is a great way to tiptoe into it. Because this book is a little dark, a lot dirty super sexy this possessive crazy crazy possessive hero she writes awesome ones so you guys are going to get down with this so we'll play the first half for you and we'll see you on the other side screw flirting by lola west is a small town brother's best friend romance that's on sale for 99 cents sometimes you just have to chuck the bro code Brooke thinks she's practically invisible. With her short hair and baggy overalls, she's just one of the guys. She keeps to herself, spends most of her time fixing up her sailboat and planning her escape from her bizarro hometown. Honestly, in a town overrun with hard-up dudes, being different and unapproachable would suit her just fine if it weren't for her unrelenting crush on her brother's best friend. Jackson is following in his father's footsteps. He's going to be an accountant, but sadly he doesn't even like math. Secretly, he wants to be a writer and not the practical kind. Jackson wants to write fiction, but he's basically never told anyone that, except Brooke. She's the only one he talks to. God, he thinks about her all the time, but she's his best friend's little sister. This small town is paradise. Beautiful beaches, year-round, warm weather, and friendly neighbors. There's only one thing missing, single ladies. It's raining men in Spring, Florida, and the lonely residents are hungry to find their soulmates. During the month of April, some of your favorite insta-love authors are bringing you stories set in this fictional town where the men significantly outnumber the ladies. Come meet us in spring to find your next book boyfriend. That's Screw Flirting, a small town brother's best friend romance for 99 cents by Lola West. Go grab it. Chapter 1 The rumble that comes from downstairs seems to shake the house. Loud voices and crashes that make my heart skip. Little ripples appear in the surface of my soup. I stand, almost knocking over the small antique tray. I'm still in my strapless bra and panties, ready to get dressed for the gala as soon as I've eaten. The gown is already laid out on the bed, ready to step into. And even though it's uncomfortable and constraining, it's the fastest thing to put on. I step into it and rush into the hallway, working the zipper as I go. When I hit the stairs, the voices get louder. I've always been taught to whisper. Sometimes my father would yell, but he'd always close the office door first. There's a loud bang, like a gunshot. I grasp the railing and rush down the steps. As I round the curved staircase, I see my father in his tux. In front of him is a man in a leather jacket and jeans. The strange man looks up at me, 
and instead of looking surprised by my presence, he smiles. The smile makes him look wolf-like, as if he's caught his prey. There she is now. Papa? I say, terrified. What's going on? I half expect him to tell me to go back upstairs. He never tells me the details of his work. I always played in his office as a child, at least until he'd gently push me out and send me to a nanny. The fact that this new business seems darker, more dangerous, would be all the more reason for him to send me away. Instead, he looks at me, his eyes burning with something I can't recognize. Fury? Defeat? Come down here, daughter, he says in Cantonese. The old language. He only speaks that way in front of family, but this man isn't family. He isn't even Chinese. I'm trembling, but there's no thought to question or disobey. He's raised me to be the perfect daughter, and I do everything he asks. I attend every party at his side, standing in for the wife, my mother who died when I was a child. So it's only natural that I go to him when he calls me. His skin feels thin and papery when I take his hand. Papa? Something terrible has happened. His expression is so grave, it scares me. I squeeze his hands. What is it? Let me help you. Oh, you're going to help. The stranger says in a breezy way. I don't even know this man, but already I'm unnerved by how he's acting, as if my father's clear worry is some big joke, as if he's the one in charge. I don't understand what's happening, but I know this is my father's house, and my house by extension. He has no right to stand there looking so commanding and handsome and terrible. And you are? I managed to say coolly. He doesn't answer right away, instead giving me a long, slow look from my head to my toes. I become painfully aware that I didn't have time to tape my backless gown into place, that it's showing more of the sides of my breast than I would have allowed. The fact that I'm not wearing shoes somehow makes it more intimate, as if he's taking me to bed instead of standing uninvited in the foyer. The name's Asher Cook, beautiful. I manage not to flinch at the word, but it's a close thing. The word doesn't sound like a compliment coming from that hard face. It sounds like a curse. No man has dared to look at me like he does, or speak to me like he's doing now. June Lee, I reply, with the emphasis on my last name. I'm a daughter of distinguished heritage, a member of the powerful Lee family even if that's really only my father and myself. Sometimes it's lonely, especially when he has to work so much. But I have always consoled myself, knowing we came from a long lineage, something to be proud of. Asher snorts. I know who you are. Everyone does. We see you floating around the ballrooms like you're some kind of modern-day princess. Yeah, entitled to everything. Outrage feels hot in my chest, but before I can respond, my father pulls my attention. I need to speak with you. I need to speak with you privately. I don't think so, Asher says. So you can hide her away? No, she stays where I can see her. How dare he talk to me that way, 
How dare he talk to my father that way? Except he did. And for some reason, my father isn't telling him to leave. Why would I need to be hidden away? A dark, cold suspicion builds in my gut. Papa, who is this? My father closes his eyes, pained. A bad man, a thief. Oh, that's rich. Perhaps you'd like to tell your lovely, naive little daughter who's been paying for those fancy dresses that show off your pretty little. He eyes my breasts. My eyes widen, shocked that he'd be so brazen. The Lee family would never accept this insult. Papa would throw this man out of the house. Papa would make sure no one would do business with him. Except Papa doesn't seem powerful now. He looks weak. The lines in his face are deeper than before. He looks old. We've had some money trouble. After the shopping mall project tanked, his voice breaks. I don't have a choice. My heart thuds painfully. I look over at the strange man, at the shadow of a beard over his jaw, at the unkempt hair and the glint of challenge in his eyes. Don't have a choice about what? Is that anticipation in your voice, Miss Lee? No, I spit out. The only thing I anticipate is going to the gala. Canceled, he says with fake sadness. Not the entire event, mind, but your appearance is definitely canceled. I'm afraid you have other engagements tonight. The heat in his eyes makes it clear what he's talking about, as is the wink he gives me. I whisper to my father, tell me he's not serious. After a painful pause, my father speaks in Cantonese. It was more than just the shopping mall deal. It was this house and the others. My entire empire was crumbling before my eyes. We needed to sell the construction firm only no one has any money in this economy. I do, Asher says with deceptive mildness, as if it's completely normal for someone with scruffy blonde hair to understand my native language. And so you gave me a call, isn't that right? It was supposed to be business, my father cried. I wanted to make a business arrangement. We did, Asher says with a cold smile. Like you said, no one wants to purchase a construction business in this economy, especially one in the red. I'll pay you back, my father says, sounding more desperate than ever. Every cent. You already have. The ink has dried. I'll be extracting every red cent from your pretty daughter. Tell me, is her pussy well broken in? Or will I be the first? My father's face turns red with pain and rage. Why, you dirty, uh-uh. Asher holds up his hand, the skin calloused and rough. It's the hand of a man who does physical labor every day. One strengthened not by the treadmill, but by working with stone and metal. It's enough to stop my father in his tracks. Now, how did I know you would make things difficult? But, Mr. Lee, a businessman always pays his debts. I'm shaking.
still trying to understand what's happening. Or rather, I understand what's happening all too well. I just never thought anything like this could happen. I never thought my father would be struggling for money, and I definitely never believed he could use me in this way. I'm sorry, he tells me, his voice haggard. Shock leaves me cold, and I shiver in the backless gown. I want to run back up the stairs to pretend I never heard anything, that I'm still eating my soup. I can't believe this is happening, but the painful clench of my heart is all too real. Asher holds out his hand with a sarcastic, my lady. I just stare at him, both fear and fury fighting inside me. How long am I supposed to stay with you? One hour, two. I don't know how long it even takes for a man to finish with a woman. I've never done any of this, never slept with a man, barely even kissed one. At the end of dinner, my date drunk enough to dare a press of his lips. And I accepted it because my father arranged it. I knew that one day I would marry for my family. I would lose the Lee surname I'm so proud of. But it would be in service of my family. That's when I would give up my virginity. Not like this. I'm not sure how long, Asher says thoughtfully. How much is your pussy worth? A hundred bucks a pop? No. A high-class hooker like you would command much more than that. But even if we value it at a grand a fuck, that will still take quite some time to work off. I've never heard such crude language in my life. How dare you? I can't even finish the question before he grabs me. First, he takes my wrist until I'm backed against the wall. Then, his other hand goes to my throat. My gaze swings wildly, searching for my father. But all I can see is the dark, looming presence of the man who has me captive. Let's get one thing straight, beautiful. I dare to say anything I want, to do anything I want to this gorgeous body. To take anything I want. When I say jump, you jump. When I say bend over, you touch those pretty pink toes. Understand. His grip isn't firm around my throat, but it's immovable. Even though my hands are gripping his arm, I can't shake him off. He's like a tree trunk in front of me. His arm a branch I'm dangling from. The ground a deadly drop below. Every muscle clenches. I want to fight him. Except I've been trained all my life to be a good daughter. His voice drops. I asked if you understood. The correct response is yes, sir. Yes, sir. I whisper, sealing my fate. He bends, pushing his face against my neck. With my vision clear, I'm shocked to find the foyer empty, except for the two of us. My father has left me here, knowing I might get hurt. He's paying his debt with me as if I'm a thing, an extra zero in his bank account instead of his living, breathing daughter. Betrayal turns sharp in my chest, cutting me so I can barely breathe. Asher's lips are hot against my skin, and I shiver. That's right, he murmurs. You're going to be doing a lot of that. You don't scare me, I say, but the quiver in my voice calls me a liar. 
His laugh brushes over my skin, strangely pleasurable despite the mocking sound. Your heart is racing, beautiful. I can feel it. Then he runs his lips over my neck, right where he'd take my pulse. And then I feel my pulse too, as if it's too large to be contained in my body, as if I'm spilling over into him. He runs his hands over me, from my shoulders to my elbows, and then my hips. It's like he's measuring me, seeing what he bought. I push against him, but he's as hard and unmovable as a concrete wall, like the kind he'll be able to build with my father's company. Go ahead and fight, he murmurs against my temple. I like it rough. I don't, I say, biting out the words. He pulls back enough to meet my gaze, lids heavy, eyes dark. Don't you? I think you like what I'm doing to you. I think if I dip my fingers in that pretty little pussy of yours, I'm going to find it wet. I hate that he's right. Is this what you need to get off? Forcing yourself on a woman? Something flickers in his gaze, as if I've wounded him. It's gone in a second, and I don't know if it was ever really there. Instead, his gaze turns sharp. I was going to wait until I got you back to my loft to fuck you. But I think I want to test my theory right here. Then, his rough hands are pulling on the silky fabric, bunching it up in his large, meaty hands, ruining the fabric against his calluses. Cool air washes over my legs, and I close my legs, humiliated. This is how he wants me, humiliated and broken. I refuse to break, even when his large hand slides up the inside of my thigh. Even when he's proven correct, when his fingers push aside the thin fabric of my thong and touch wetness. I expect him to laugh, to gloat, not groan like he's in sweet agony, not pant against my shoulder as if he can barely contain himself. Fuck, he mutters, his voice sounding thick. You're so soft, so fucking hot. I shudder against the wall as he slides a finger in deep. This is wrong, this is sick, with my father somewhere in the house, with maids who could walk in on us at any time. Spread, he says. When I don't move, he pinches the inside of my thigh. I said spread. I jump and make a small sound of pain and desire. It's the last one that terrifies me. How is he able to make me want this? What's wrong with me that his hands on me feel good? Because they do. So rough and firm, fingers pushing deep inside me. He's knowledgeable in ways I can barely contemplate. Going slow when I need him to. Moving fast to increase the intensity. And that's before his thumb fingers my clit. I gasp and jerk away from the wall. Asher. His eyes blaze with lust and something else. Possession. Like that. I want you to say my name just like that, again and again. You're mine, beautiful. I want to tell him no, that I won't say his name, that I'm not his. But his fingers move faster, 
reaching a spot deep inside me, making me slick. His thumb is insistent on my clit, moving in a knowing circle, pushing me close. I'm gasping around my protest, unable to say a single word. Let go, he says darkly, his voice pure command. Maybe it's all those years of being obedient, or maybe it's his hot gaze on me. I can't hold back. Climax washes over me in a rush, stealing my breath. I can only moan low and loud into the foyer, the sound of my pleasure echoing around me. He brings me down gently, working me softer with his hands, placing gentle kisses over my chest. It's disconcerting the way he's treating me. Suddenly nice, almost kind until I see his eyes. They aren't kind. They're the eyes of a predator who's enjoying the chase. He lifts his hand to stroke the skin left exposed by my dress from my collarbone to the tops of my breasts. In my sated, sex-drowsed state, it takes me a second to realize what he's doing. He's not just touching me. He's riding on me, his fingers still wet from my pussy, leaving a trail of arousal on my skin. Mine. He lifts a lazy eyebrow, daring me to contradict. I close my eyes, because I know it's true. Because he means to humiliate me with the act. Because it's working. This is how it will be with us. Pleasure and embarrassment, intensity and shame. And I have no choice because I'm the good daughter. I do what I'm told, even if the man in charge of me is no longer my father. Chapter Two There are town cars and limos, the occasional Escalade. Once my date for a ball picked me up in a Tesla so new, it was not yet for sale to the public. These are the vehicles I'm accustomed to. Asher Cook steers me with his hand on my elbow, his touch light but unmistakable to the foyer, where the front doors hang open, letting in the sunlight. A large white truck sits in front of the marble steps. This is the man my father turned to for help. This is the man with enough money to bail out Lee Industries. What do you do? I ask, growing more nervous with every passing step. Wind brushes over my skin, cooling the cum on my chest, making me shiver. I'm surprised your father didn't mention me, Asher says, his lazy smile making it clear he's not surprised at all. We've been working together for years now. He opens the door and holds out his hand. I don't want to accept his help, but the truck is 10,000 feet off the ground. I'm not sure I can make it inside gracefully, even with his support. My chin rises. In what capacity? I'm the foreman, all those shiny shopping centers your daddy likes to build, like the world's his very own Monopoly board. I'm the one who built them. A laborer. I can almost hear the word in Papa's voice. Dismissive, that's what he would be. Asher Cook wears a plain white t-shirt and jeans that look soft from wear. His boots have probably walked through a thousand work sites. And your money? My money, the word comes out mocking. I'm not what you call a big spender. 
don't attend the society galas and whatever the fuck. That's what you like, isn't it, June? The glitz and the glamour. It's the only life I know, but I don't tell him that. Then what do you buy? His hand still waits for me, patient to a fault. He must know I don't have a choice. He made me come up against the wall. I couldn't control that, but taking his hand, stepping into his truck, that decision will have to be mine. He wants me to participate in my own humiliation. He leans close, near enough I can see the deep brown of his eyes, even in the clear sunlight. Every so often there's something I want, and then I have a nice fat bank account to make sure I can have it. My skin flushes hot with awareness. I'm not for sale. Aren't you? His laugh runs down my spine. Then walk back into the house. No one's going to stop you. Tell your daddy that you aren't going to fuck me and that he can find some other way to pay back all that money he owes. I'd love to watch the beautiful June Lee tell her daddy to go fuck himself. The temptation beats through my veins, thrums in my ears. It's a siren song, the desire to escape from Asher's dark promise. Except the safety of this house is an illusion. Papa isn't going to protect me. He would not have sold me if there was any other choice. That much I believe. The good daughter, that's me. I place my hand in Asher's hand, and he lifts me carefully into the seat. When I'm settled on the wide leather bench, the door slams shut, closing me in. I keep my gaze straight ahead as the truck rumbles to a start. Where are we going? I don't want to ask. I don't want to give him the satisfaction. We barely hit the freeway when he lets out a low laugh. I swallow hard. What's funny? Nothing's funny, beautiful. I'm laughing for the pure fucking joy of it. It hits me then, as we're barreling away from my house at 80 miles per hour. How permanent this is. Even if I'm back in my bedroom tomorrow, or the night after that, or whatever Asher decides to bring me back, I won't be the same. This night is going to change me. It's already changing me. There's a fury inside me that wasn't there this morning. Even a few hours ago, I was content to be the good daughter, to do as I was told. Now I'm mad. You're an asshole, I say, almost shaking with the force of my emotion. You're worse than that. You're a coward, because if you were really as strong as you act, you wouldn't need to make me feel small. He somehow makes the hard, unforgiving bench of the truck look like the most comfortable seat in the world. He makes it look like a throne, reclining with his hand over the back, blunt fingers toying with a piece of my hair. I have to work to ignore the heat of his fingers near my shoulder. I don't want to feel him, and I sure as hell don't want to take comfort from him. Do you feel small, June? He asks, his voice mild. Is that how I make you feel? Only when he asks the question do I realize it's the opposite. I've spent so long fitting into the mold of the good daughter, making myself quiet and demure enough for the only daughter of the Lee family. A flame made steady so that my glow will not offend. 
Asher Cook turns me into a wildfire. I'm ready to consume him. Don't lie to me, I say. You enjoyed that little show back there? Oh, I won't pretend that I didn't. And I'm going to enjoy a show right now. Pull your dress up, beautiful, and take those panties off. I want to feel what I'm paying for. His crude words are like gasoline on the fire. Fuck you, a tisk sound. Such language. You're disgusting. And you're running out of time. I could turn the car around and drop you off in front of Daddy's mansion. I wonder how long it will be before a foreclosure sign goes up in that nice front lawn. Bile rises in my throat. I don't want to disgrace the Lee family by becoming this man's whore. But it will be worse if we lose the house and the business. Oh, God. Slowly, I pull the black silk of my dress up my thighs. Asher's voice breaks through my uncertainty. Ten, nine, eight, seven. I yank the hem up, exposing my thighs. It's the same as wearing a swimsuit. At least, that's what I tell myself when he glances down my legs. I reach up beneath the fabric to push my panties down. It's awkward trying to move in this space, trying to keep myself covered. I clench my panties in a fist, trying to ignore how damp they feel. Asher Cook made me come. He drew the evidence of that on my chest. Now he holds out his hand, as patient as he did before I got into the truck. My throat feels tight. Without a word, I place my panties on his palm. He brings the fabric to his nose and breathes in deep. Christ, that's good. Your cunt taste amazing, beautiful. You ever taste yourself when you explore down there at night? The flush that spreads across my cheeks could light a match. No one is supposed to know what I do at night. How does this man know? No, I whisper. We're gonna fix that, he says, his voice thick with lust. You reach down and touch yourself now. I shove my hand between my legs, hard enough that it doesn't feel good. He can't make me feel good, especially when he's not even touching me. He's driving, for Christ's sake. Now, don't be rough with that little pussy, that's my job. Right now, you just wanna find your clit. You know where that is? Where it feels good, beautiful. Where it feels sharp and right and good. My fingers obey him, even though my mind doesn't want to. I rest my forefinger on my clit, closing my eyes at the quiet relief. This isn't good, I say, but that's a lie. Of course it is, he says, casual as you please. The only sign that he's moved by what's happening is the bulge in his jeans. He doesn't acknowledge his own arousal except to tighten his fist on the steering wheel. You're gonna have to endure this no matter what. Might as well get a little pleasure out of it. Now you're gonna play with that clit of yours while I tell you a story. I don't wanna hear a story. He gives me a slow smile. You're right. It would be much more interesting to hear you tell the story. 
I'll start it for you. One day, you went to visit your daddy at one of his shopping centers while it was still under construction. Don't ignore your clit, beautiful. Make little circles. I glare at him. What are you talking about? Do you want me to show you? He reaches across the console, and I make a high-pitched sound of protest. He laughs softly. Then touch yourself. I move my finger, slow and crude. Not like I would if I were in bed alone. This isn't really for my own pleasure, my hand between my legs. It's for his. I'm at the shopping center. Right. The story you're telling me about how you got out of the limo and walked up the steps, not knowing that the men were on shift change. They started whooping and hollering at you as soon as they saw you in that plaid private school uniform, didn't they? Gave you an earful. My mind flashes to that day, so many years ago. I can smell diesel in the air, feel the overbright glint of sunlight off the exposed metal beams. Looking fine, sweetheart. You need directions? I can show you where to go. Look at that chest, flat as a board. Bet your nips are bright pink, though. A thrill of fear ran down my spine in that moment. The same fear I feel now in the truck. Blood races through my veins. My mouth opens on a graceless pant. That afternoon, I had kept running down the hallway until I left them behind. This time, there's nowhere to run. Asher's eyelids look heavy now, his expression hard. That's right, beautiful. You remember. Only then do I realize I'm touching myself harder, faster, worrying my clit between my forefinger and middle finger, pressing together to send sparks of pleasure through my body. Were you one of them? I say, my voice thready. You could say that. I was coming up the stairs after you, planning on telling you that you weren't allowed in the construction site without a hard hat. Safety precautions. Then, I heard the men hassling you, talking about your teenaged body. Oh God, I'm working myself harder now, getting hot when I shouldn't be, shouldn't be. My hips are moving against the stiff leather. I remember how warm I'd felt between my legs. I never saw you. I was the foreman, even back then. I didn't mind the men giving a beautiful woman a whistle, letting her know she's appreciated, no matter how rude it is. But I wasn't going to let them give shit to an underaged girl. Not on my watch. Made it up the stairs and laid Jimmy DeLuca flat on his back. My cheeks are probably red as a fire hydrant. Is he the one who said? He's the one who said your pussy was probably tight enough to bend steel if he tried to shove some inside of you. Is that what you meant? Oh God, I whisper, slipping my forefinger lower to where liquid desire pools at my sex. I spread it over my pussy lips, rocking my hips against the slippery friction broke his nose, Asher says, his voice conversational. And the other guys backed off real quick. 
Then I went after you. Figured you'd be upset. Might find you crying in the ladies' room. Every muscle in my body locks up because I know exactly what I did in that bathroom as a 17-year-old in a half-built shopping mall. You didn't find me, I say desperately, needing it to be true. Those little sounds you were making, I knew you weren't crying. It's a small comfort that his expression borders on pain, his gaze flicking to me before he returns it to the road. The truck barrels down the freeway, same way my body rushes toward climax. What were you doing, June? I can't, I whisper, my hand pressed hard between my legs, my eyes squeezed shut. You wanted to tell the story, he says, his voice low and coaxing. No. I can't. My fingers can't find purchase in my slick and swollen sex. There's not enough friction, not enough time, not enough humiliation in realizing he was there. You saw me? If I would have gone inside, I could have made you do anything. And if one of those rough fuckers had heard you, they might have done that. The thought is like a thousand pounds of dynamite. His large body across the cab of the truck, the scent of him, the strength of it, is the match. Why didn't you? Because I don't touch underage girls. I went back into the hallway and made sure no one else came in. You finished finger fucking yourself and then washed your hands like a good little girl. When you walked out, you had no idea I was around the corner. I'm so close, it almost hurts. That's how it feels not to come right now. Painful. I think you would have liked it if I'd gone in, though wouldn't you? No, I whisper, but it's a lie. The pulse beating in my sex right now proves that much. This whole story has turned me on beyond bearing. Being trapped in his truck, heading to God knows where, makes me burn. You would have let me do anything to your body the same way you're going to now. No. He looks directly at me, his eyes so dark they're almost black. Come for me, beautiful, let me see. My body is a traitor. It comes in a matter of seconds. Fingers digging into skin, muscles clenching hard, a harsh cry escaping my lips. Pleasure arcs through me, so fast and hard it's like being struck by lightning. It wrenches my body again and again, and the whole time I can't take my eyes away from Asher's. When the last pulse runs through me, my hand falls away from my sex. My whole body falls against the hard door, not feeling any pain, not feeling anything except the aftershocks. Something seems to echo in the cab of the truck. A word? A scream? Did I possibly sob his name as I climaxed? God, I did. My throat is still sore from how loud I cried for him. I'm so embarrassed I could melt into a puddle on his warm leather already damp from my arousal. I wish I could pool into liquid and not have to face him, but I remain stalwartly solid. My limbs heavy, but my mind fully aware. Asher. I can only imagine the smug look on his hard face. I can only imagine it until I look over. Only, he doesn't look smug. His cheekbones are slashes against the sunlight his eyebrows notched in pain. He looks like a man pushed to the edge of his limits, 
and then pushed one inch farther. Two hours ago, I was getting ready for the gala tonight. I never could have imagined ending up in this truck, having my own arousal spread across my fingertips. And I never could have imagined feeling softness for the man who made me this way. Are you okay? I ask softly. Don't worry about me, he says, his voice gruff. The bulge in his jeans has not gone down. The denim stretches taut. I don't know what he looks like under there, not really. Late night browsing on Tumblr has not prepared me for this truck. Lee Industries has been bleeding money for six months, maybe more. My gaze snaps to his face, but he's looking at the road. Is that supposed to make me feel better? No, beautiful. Worse. It's supposed to make you feel worse, knowing that your daddy could have prevented this. The deal we made for your body, that was last fucking week. He knew for a week. You're lying. One broad shoulder lifts. Halfway expected you to be barricaded in your bedroom when I showed up tonight. Maybe you'd be armed. Instead, you came running down the stairs wearing that. I looked down, forced to acknowledge the ridiculousness of the designer dress. There was probably never any gala. It was something daddy told me, so I would get ready without having to confess the truth. He let me be surprised because he was too ashamed to tell me. For the first time in this horrible night, tears prick the backs of my eyes. I clench my jaw to make sure no sound comes out. I want to yell, to shout that it's unfair, but I'm too much of a good daughter to do that. And my father knew that about me. He was counting on it. I close my eyes against the burn. It's a losing battle. Tears singe my cheeks. A hand covers mine, squeezing gently. Enough that I feel comforted from a man I should know better than to trust. Everything is upside down. My father has abandoned me. Asher Cook consoles me. I don't know which way is up anymore. But I know one thing. The night isn't over yet. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Like I said earlier, uh, she's doing the signed paperback. Make sure you enter that on our social media. Follow us everywhere and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That really helps us out. We appreciate you listening. Subscription is awesome as well. And yeah, sign up for our newsletter. We're always sending out new releases and Mel works on that fucking new release post forever. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself today because I finished it a few seconds ago. And I have to yeah. put it in a certain order for the next one to come up. And the one yeah. that I took forever to do and was late with, I didn't uh. file it right. So it wasn't even on. Oh, I was like, no. all this work was for nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Whatever. Oh, that sucks. All right. So go click on the new releases to make Mel feel better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him what to do. Fuck your day up. Make stay your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind, and read 